When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're kicking off the first BWI Daily Recruiting Show edition since spring practice has started, and we have more news to get to than we could ever imagine. Ryan Snyder's with me. I'm Greg Pickle. We are talking here on Tuesday, March 22nd. Ryan, spring practice is underway. We're going to talk about the recruiting side of that, both visitors and things to know moving forward. But let me just start with this. A quick aside, you were up at spring practice yesterday. Penn State opened it on Monday the 21st for media members. Uh, Recruits were on hand, as we'll get into here. Recruits were in town over the weekend. And I guess my reason to bring all this up is welcome back to some kind of normal that we knew before and haven't known Ah. for so long. It was nice to get out there, to see action in person, to see recruits being able to come to town and share social media stuff and all of that in a way that is not like it's been for the past two years. So just wanted to start there, get your impressions of that and anything you want, any final thoughts on what we saw yesterday before we dive into the recruiting news. Yeah, I think going to the media room is a uh, is probably the biggest plus, right? Because we've been to practice, uh, but we haven't been in that media room. And uh, when you do Zoom for two and a half years, it just kind of well, I guess it wasn't two and a half, but it felt like it uh, two years or so. It's uh, you know, it's just harder to ask follow up questions and things of that sort. And uh, I think I think it's just a, a much better setting. And uh, yeah, so I, I I thought that was good. Uh, practice was what we've pretty much normally seen i thought it was cool seeing the upgrades to lash i mean it's still kind of more of a foundation than anything but you're really starting to see the the outline of what they're trying to do there um and yeah i think it was good seeing uh recruits at practice we we, i think we've seen a couple um in in back in the fall like i remember uh rapelier uh was out of was out of practice he came on like a random tuesday at one point uh right in the beginning of the season but It'll be good just to, to kind of get get back in that normal routine, man. I'm hoping that we get a few more practice uh, availabilities here between now and the blue-white game. They're pretty good with that. So just uh, keeping that going and, uh, yeah, just, just seeing life in normal. For me, like for me, normal is going to be like when I can go to camp again because that that, right. that was – for me, that's that was the one thing that really changed the way I go about things. So that will obviously come in June and uh, looking forward to it. We're going to talk about the class of 2023 and 2024 in this episode, but just one other quick aside. It always makes me laugh the first day of spring practice, Ryan, when we see these guys who compared to their high school peers look like monsters. And then when they get into some of these position rooms with guys who are actual monsters, you can, it's not hard to tell in most cases who the guys that enrolled in January are and are going through their first spring practice. Except for Drew uh right. Aller. like i mean he like his stature i mean i always i mean i've seen drew i went to the all-american game i've been to like two or right. three of his games like we, we have seen him a lot but uh watching him out there next to to clifford and veyu and then of course Bo. it's uh 
you know, he, he definitely stood out from a, from a height perspective and a size. He needs to obviously get a little bigger physically, but from a height perspective, I mean, he, he looks different than, than a lot of the quarterbacks we've seen here in recent years. Um, Nick Singleton looked great. Uh, Parker, I mean, par- going away from the freshman, Parker Washington, I was talking to T. Frank about that. I mean, he looked he looked like, a, I mean, I, I don't know what the right the word is. Just a, just a freaking uh, bam, bam. And maybe that's a good word for it. Bam, bam. Uh, just stout, man. Uh, but Zane Durant, too. Uh, he, you know, he's not the biggest guy. Uh, and, and I think that's really kind of what we saw next to some of those big defensive linemen that he's with. But right. uh, he's another guy who's, who's pretty stout and uh, getting a lot of good reviews. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Saw Keaton Saunders out there moving well, too. That was good to see. But, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to more spring access, man. And, uh, you know, hope blue-white game will be here before you know it. All right. Well, that was Greg and Ryan talking the current Penn State team. If you didn't get your fill of that, youtube.com slash blue white illustrated or wherever you get your audio. T Frank did two shows yesterday about the current team in the first day of spring practice. Lots of content at blue white illustrated as well. Moving on to recruiting, we're going to dive into this with the transfer portal. Penn State hosted two priority prospects over the weekend Gabriel and Grayson Murphy, a pair of defenders and twins from North Texas who are committed to UCLA, but Perhaps Penn State can make a late move here. These guys don't do interviews. Longtime listeners know that transfer portal guys genuinely or generally don't. But at this point, Penn State, if it's going to make a move, it's probably going to do so soon. And those two guys were on campus for the weekend to check out what Penn State has to offer before, you know, this uh, decision ultimately is finalized one way or the other. All right. So I've asked three people. Uh, about it and two of them said 50 50 <laughs> and the other one said that you know they feel good but they you know they didn't give me any percentages but i have two people pretty much on record not on record because you know sources but uh you know admitting that they, they think it's pretty much 50 50 so that was sunday and now of course it's tuesday and um you know we with yesterday being spring practice i didn't ask a whole lot about it i, I think the two things that people have mentioned to me are one UCLA has a good NIL deal for these guys. So they have to weigh the pros and cons of that. And and then two, just getting them through admissions. And Penn State has been slow at times at doing that, especially with with uh, you know, transfers, uh, especially especially non-grad transfers. I, I've I've talked to people about uh if you if you're not a grad transfer, it, it definitely takes a little bit longer for that admissions process. And that's something when James always talks about as a university and you know, we we need to all buy in as a university. I, I'm pretty confident saying that's one of the big things he's he's trying to hint at be behind the scenes. So we, I think we'll find out here soon, right? I mean, UCLA, I think starts classes here. Is it tomorrow or so? They have a quarter. They, they run on a quarterly system. Their the quarter begins on Wednesday, March 23rd, but classes doesn't the class does not actually begin until next Monday. So gotcha. there might be a little bit more time here than expected. But we'll note that because of that fact. They're going to have to decide sometime between us recording this a little after 2.30 on March 22nd and the end of the week. So if you're somebody who saves up your podcast episodes until the weekend or until your weekend drive, whatever, uh, just note that you may need to check out bluewhiteillustrated.com for the latest news on this because it would seem likely that within the next six days they're either going to be at UCLA or are going to be looking at maybe Penn State or somewhere else. So keep an eye out there. But, yeah, it seems like Penn State has done everything it can in this one and it's just a matter now of whether enough is enough or not. Both would be huge additions too, man. They need defensive ends, and and that's uh, you know what it, what it looks like for these two. So, I was going through their PFF numbers last week. Uh, what when in the story I wrote, uh, you know, 
I think it was like late Friday when we put it out there. And I didn't realize how highly they ranked uh, last year. Um, I believe Grayson and Gabriel were 18th and 24th. I forget which combination of the two. Uh, out of 222 defensive ends at the group of five level last year um, when it comes to pass rushing grades. And I know in Conference USA, they were, they were right up there at the top two. I think it was like six and eight. Uh, something like that out of I think it was over 50 or 60 uh, defensive ends just in their in their conference of course conference USA isn't isn't the big 10 but sure I mean there, there's a reason that a lot of a lot of these schools uh, really pushed hard for these two so um, you know I, I can't pretend I watched a whole lot of North Texas last year I did watch a little bit since uh, since they came out I think there was a couple clips on YouTube I was watching but uh yeah, I mean, there, there's it's very clear that these two are, are very important to Penn State, and, and they're still working hard to flip them. I just uh, the best answer I have right now is that it is still truly fifty fifty. I think that there is a confidence in Penn State that these guys uh, want to play at the big time level like this. I I just I'm hesitant because I've had two people mention this NIL deal to me, and of course, Penn State's still kind of getting their collective deal together. I don't know any specifics as far as what they were offered or whatever, but just when I have people mention that to me, and especially with how much that is bubbling to the surface now of, of, of players, uh, you know, or how, how much it impacts players and their decisions, it just it, it grabs my attention. So they have to get through emissions too, man, and that's, and that's the other big thing. So a couple checkpoints there, and uh, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, massive additions, though, if they can get them. Certainly worth noting that with all the work Penn State has been doing over the last couple of cycles in the group in five, you and I should probably focus our fall gambling elsewhere so we can see more of these guys when they play. I don't know if we can maybe get a sponsorship for that. We'll have to look into that. But certainly uh, we'd watch more North Texas if we had a reason to. So at any rate, uh, Penn State, of course, has one transfer already on campus in Mitchell Tinsley, the receiver. We got to see him yesterday sporting Jahan Dodson's number five. He looks good out of Western Kentucky. Hunter Norzak arrives a little bit later this year so Penn State two for two in the portal so far we'll see if they can make it four for four in the days ahead let's move on now on the BWI daily recruiting show to the high school front and we're going to start with a player who is committed to another Big Ten school but has been open about the fact that he's going to check out some other places and Penn State was recently one of them yeah Andrew Rappelier so you notice that was my way of introducing that without having to try and say his name in case I didn't uh, get the pronunciation correct this time around I said Rappelier last week. It's Rappelier. That's 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 on me. Uh, so yeah, look, he was back this past weekend, and I, and I did talk to Andrew briefly. Uh, I think it was um, yesterday, so Monday. And I mean, he, he first off, an awesome kid, and and he's he's handling this the complete the, the way I would want my son to handle it, right? And he and he's very politely, hey, look, I, I have a lot to to figure out here over the next couple of days or next couple of weeks. Uh, he's going to Michigan, of course, uh, this upcoming weekend, and then has a, a trip to Boston College set for. For April 2nd and I think once he gets through those two visits we will know um I, I still think this is this is Penn State's to kind of lose right now I really do uh there, there seems to be a confidence in Lash of course it's coming off a visit so when the visit always goes well right um and Andrew Andrew did admit that to me um when our and we, we didn't talk we just we just exchanged a couple messages but yeah, but let's see how this Michigan goes. You know, Michigan, this Michigan visit, excuse me, goes this upcoming weekend because it, this is going to be their chance to to sway him back. I mean, I, I still would be surprised if he ended up at Boston College. Personally, uh, Boston College is is I think improving in in a, in a lot of different ways, but I, I just this feels like a, a Big Ten battle to me, and and the the confidence that I get in Lash makes me think that this is a very real chance that he flips 
uh, to Penn State in in early April. But uh, he's going to be quiet for the next two weeks, which, again, I, as a, someone who's in this industry, uh, I, I, I commend uh, because a lot of guys, they kind of they do these interviews after when they're committed elsewhere. And it just kind of creates more headaches for them than they really need. So I think it's honestly the right thing to do. And uh, once once he makes his decision, we will know uh, pretty soon. I, I think by April 10th, we, we should probably know what's up. In case you have followed, maybe from a cursory standpoint, Penn State recruiting so far in the class of 2023, the Nittany Lions have the nation's number five class, according to the on three consensus, the number one class in the Big Ten, according to the on three consensus. And you might say to yourself, wait a second, you guys are talking about Penn State adding another tight end when Neo Avery, a four star, is committed, Matthias Barnwell's a four star who's committed, Joey Schlaffer's a three star who's committed. You got to remember, Matthias Barnwell's moving down to the offensive line in all likelihood, and Neo Avery's flipping the defense. So Penn State in a place now that it wasn't previously where it will take another tight end because guys that they took commitments from at that position, they've now all agreed that a different part of the field is better for that player. So that's why you see Penn State making the move that it is here. Yep, and that and that's so – that's why I think he committed to Michigan <laughs> because I thought right. uh, at the end of December he was going to be in Lion in, in early January. And, of course, Avery commits on the – was it New Year's Eve? And everything changed from there. But as I talked about with T. Frank this past Friday, like the, the thing that Penn State feels really confident in is that they they handled this all the best way they could in being upfront and honest the whole way through. Uh, and and the fact that I have so many people telling me that just, just kind of uh, – hints to the fact that he was really close to committing and, and that had to have been an, an, an upsetting that had to have uh, had to have upset him, um, you know, where right. he was in that recruitment. And, and that's gotta be tough, right? When you got one a and one B and, <laughs> and one a commits and, and, you know, one B feels like they're left out that I'm sure that's not an easy situation to handle, um, you know, as far as a relationship perspective, but they were open, honest. They, they made it clear to him throughout that they really wanted him to be part of this class and that he just need to be patient. And, you know, in retrospect, maybe he wasn't patient enough with, with jumping on board on Michigan, who was always, you know, a firm competitor for Penn State. But I, I always thought Penn State was the favorite. So, like I said, uh, if what is it, March 22nd? Uh, I think if, if we don't know by April 10th, I'd personally be a little surprised just from the brief kind of, uh, you know, communication that we had on Monday. He, he said that in two, two weeks, three weeks max, he really should know what he wants to do. So that's something to keep an eye on for Penn State fans at bluewhiteillustrated.com. You mentioned, you heard Ryan mention that he had a conversation about this with T. Frank. You can find the BWI Daily, of course, at youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated and also wherever you get your audio for the latest news. And, of course, you can visit Blue White Illustrated as well, where it's just $1 to sign up for one year of access to BWI and on three. Check us out at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Sticking in the high school ranks, we're moving to the other side of the ball, Ryan, the defense. Uh, Four-star Will Norman, who is from New Jersey but plays his high school Mm -hmm. ball at IMG Academy in Florida, uh, is a guy who Penn State has been pursuing now for quite some time. He was back in town. The on-three recruiting prediction machine currently has Florida in the lead, but this recruitment is far from over. What have you learned about him at this point, Ryan? What made this visit a priority for him? Yeah, I I still think Will's pretty – Pretty open, man. Um, you know, he came for the Illinois game back in October, and in the the months that followed, it seemed really positive from from Penn State sources that or where they stood. And then that kind of cooled a little bit. Uh, he took a visit to Florida in late January, and then the Gators kind of seemed to get a, a good foothold on him. Um, he he called 
So he he was back at home, of course, because IMG was on spring break. And uh, before he went back to IMG, which I believe was Sunday, he he got up to Penn State that Saturday. So that was a huge, huge get for Penn State to, to get him back on campus while still in the Northeast. Of course, uh, I should clarify, Will Norman's from from Camden, New Jersey. So he grew up about 200 miles from State College. But, but for the most part, I don't see this one ending anytime soon. And the one thing that he said that really kind of grabbed my attention was that he wanted to commit before senior season, but he wants to take official visits during the season. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't think if he does commit for a senior season, the, whoever he commits to is not really going to want that. Um, but he did say that, uh, you know, he, he's he's certainly giving serious consideration and coming up here for the whiteout game for an official visit. Uh you know, if he's committed elsewhere and Penn State's full at the position, I don't, I don't think they're locking in that that official visit anytime soon. They'll they'll wait until August or so to to see how it plays out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't see this one ending anytime soon. Now, with that said, he's a he's he's definitely a, someone that they really want uh, at this position, and uh, you know that they have a lot of options at that position. Of course, defensive tackle. I, I think it's definitely one of the deeper boards and uh, something that uh, T. Frank and I will talk about later in the week when we go over the defensive offers boards. But uh, just just my impression from Will is that he he still has a good bit of stuff to figure out. So this is a recruit who, as Ryan mentioned, is one of many Penn States pursuing along the defensive line. And yes, if you haven't read those hot boards, they're over at BWI and they will be the top of the discussion later this week on a different different episode of the BWI Daily. But we're going to keep the recruiting show going here on Tuesday, March 22nd with another high school prospect of note. It's a busy time of year right now, right? So Penn State's practicing a few times a week and the Nittany Lions tend to host prospects when they have uh, practice. So you might see some guys pop up on campus when there is no practice that day, but more often than not, uh, you're going to see guys in town when there is practice. But one guy who was in town over the weekend before drills began on Monday left with an offer. Ryan, you had the chance to catch up with him. Penn State is continuing to pursue offensive linemen in this class, even though it has a few committed already. Why was this player someone they felt like was one they had to offer? Yeah, uh, Nathan Afobi, I believe is how we pronounce his last name. Uh, he's from from Georgia. I'll keep throwing him to you for that. You can take a shot at yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna throw it back at you there, but I didn't. Um, anyway, um, so it, it, one thing that really stands out about him is the the disparity in, in rankings, uh, which really kind of grabbed my attention. On three, housing ranked number eighty five in the nation. Uh, which which means our scouts are incredibly high on him. I, I need to reach out to Charles Power about that. Uh, I I obviously haven't watched Nathan a whole lot. He's from South uh, Forsyth, I believe, um, in, which is in coming uh, Georgia. Uh, but when you look at rivals in two forty seven, they have him as a three star. So there, there's a there's a massive disparity there. Uh, and one thing I need to kind of just learn more about. But I know Trotwine's been on him for a long time. Now I think the first thing people would say is another interior offensive lineman, like. You know, th- does that really make sense, uh, given the fact that they have four guys committed already and, and three of them are pretty much guaranteed to be interior guys? I, I think it's just important to-, to note that it's March 22nd and there's a long, long way to go. And clearly this is someone who Troutwine's been been very high on. So I think that was the big reason uh, why. And of course, whenever you can get a talented guy to, to fly up here uh, from-, from down south, you're, you're always going to take-, take him up on that uh, opportunity. So I'll-, I'll be curious to see kind of if he's able to come back maybe for an official visit. I mean, he did suggest that he was he was seriously considering that. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Duke, NC State, Miami, they all seem to be firmly in the mix. Georgia has offered now, so I'll be, I'll be curious to see how hard they come at him. The, the one thing I'll add here is that, you know, 
Penn State has, Penn State's looking great on their offensive line right now, and uh, that's that's obviously a good thing to be positive about. But I'm I'm very curious to see how much NIL impacts this class, especially in the second half of the class. Like one thing, this is I don't know, maybe <laughs> making predictions I shouldn't hear, but like I I do generally feel that NIL, especially as we get into the season, is going to have a massive impact on how this 2023 class ends. And and I do think that there's a real chance that a school or two could could steal some some of Penn State's commits because of that. And uh, you know, Penn State's working hard to to get their collective together. And uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll hear stuff about that here soon. But either way, they're working from their work. They're behind, they, and 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 that's going to probably continue to be the case throughout most of 2023. So just I'll be curious to see how that plays out. I think that's a big reason why, even with four off, uh, interior offensive linemen committed, they have to keep hosting guys because. You know, schools are always going to keep recruiting players as it is. But when you add in this NIL element and you add in the fact that Penn State seems to be behind uh, quite a few teams, I think it's going to be hard for them to keep everybody together at the very end of this class. So NIL, something Penn State continues to work on, something you hear James Franklin talk about frequently. And Sandy Barber, I think, touched on it as well during her first news conference since setting a plan in motion for her to retire this summer on Monday. But you know, it's not a light switch flipping kind of situation where you can just turn it on and it magically works the way you want it to, how it will, how you want it to with the kind of success that you can use on the recruiting trail. It's just not that simple. And to your point, there are many other schools. Uh, Eric Prisbull over at On3 covers this area very well for us. And I mean, you can go look up some of his stuff at On3.com if you search Eric Prisbull. And he has a, you know, there's a number of schools that are out in front of Penn State. We've talked about this quite a bit here on the show and over on the, the forums and everything else inside the lines then that this is an area Penn State has to get moving and get moving fast. And, you know, they will. I, I don't think there's any doubt that they will eventually catch up, Ryan, but it's going to take some time. And that is an area I'm sure of concern for this coaching staff as we move into the summer with visits and then the fall with uh, obviously as guys perform well on the field. NIL stuff can come their way, and it can come their way even before that, but certainly when they perform well, and it could be used against Penn State down the road if they're not in the same situation as some of the programs it competes against. So time will tell on that one. We'll keep a close eye on it, but at the end of the day, I, I, to Ryan's point, you're going to see the Lions maybe recruit some positions continuously. They do this anyway, but perhaps a little bit more so than normal, even though they have commitmented some spots already because of it. Tennessee just got a five-star quarterback because of it. And Nico, I'm a lava. I'm Good luck sure. with that one. I'm not even taking a yeah. shot at that. Yeah. But, uh, I but mean, yeah. you know, right. uh, Stuart Mandel came out with that story about the $8 million NIL deal and the $350,000 signing bonus and all that stuff. I'll bet anything in the world that that's Nico. And I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um, of course, he just committed to Tennessee yesterday. Um you know, we, we know very well that Tennessee has one of the deepest collectives. All those SEC schools are ahead of the vast majority of the nation when it comes to that. And I think they'll always be ahead of the vast majority of the nation when it comes to the depth of, uh, of the money that's in those collectives. So it's coming, man. Uh, I, I really thought that we were going to get through 2013 without being a major factor. And I still think Penn State can sign a good class in 2013 with, or excuse me, 2013, 2023, excuse me, right. uh, without being, uh, without being a, a massive factor. I, I think that they can realistically get a probably a top 10 class without it being the main thing. But in 2024, it's going to be all about NIL. It's going to be all about those collectives. It's going to be all about 
what what you can offer and, and if you can offer this and and school X is offering that. I'm not saying that's going to be the absolute difference, but you know, it used to be about relationships, proximity to home, winning. Winning is always going to be important, and so were relationships. But the percentages of how important they were to these guys just just took a massive tick down because NIL is going to be a big chunk of that pie. Well, you mentioned the class of 2024. It's a good way to segue to our final topic on today's BWI Daily Recruiting Show. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. And we are going to discuss now the new on 300 for the class of 2024. And we'll excuse you maybe just slightly if you missed these come out yesterday on Monday, March 21st, because you were too immersed in spring practice updates as Penn State football hit the field for the first time in 2022. But Ryan, there's one huge theme. Obviously, Penn State has one commitment, and we'll talk about him. But there is one huge theme going in Penn State's favor at this moment in the class of 2024 based on these new rankings. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's looking to be a great year for Pennsylvania, and we I think we already kind of knew that. I didn't I didn't expect a dozen guys to be in that top three hundred ranking though, uh, which which certainly caught my attention. Uh, Quentin Martin is is on pace to be a five star. We've talked about this a lot. Of course, he's the the yeah. athlete out of Belver. Uh He he ranked uh, I believe it was sixteenth in, in the on three hundred, and and he's number fifteen in the on three consensus. I mean that is well within the five-star range. They haven't given him a five-star rating yet. They just kind of like to slowly progress and add to it, which I think is the right thing to do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a recruitment goes on. But he, he's he's going to be a five-star, and then that's uh, – he's going to be an incredibly important uh, player for Penn State. Uh, Tysia Denmark was also part of that. He's a wide receiver out of Roman Catholic. We had him at number 36 overall. Kind of too – little. I mean, Tysia's offer sheet is massively deep. So, yeah. you know – I think he's going to be a hard one for Penn State to get personally. Uh, Deshaun Dotson's a guy I need to get a little better feel for. He's a 6'4", 270-pound uh, defensive lineman out of Newman Garetti. He was at number 67. I'll roll through these real quick. Deshir Whittington, D-lineman out of Emetep at number 150. Cooper Cousins then, of course, Penn State's uh, lone 2024 commit. He was number 158. Uh, he's a he's an interior lineman. Emilio Agard. This was actually a player I thought was a little low in the in the uh, on three rating. We got him at number 204. I, I personally think that Emilio is a, is a top 150 kind of guy, and maybe even a, a right around the top 100 or so. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that rating moves up. Uh, he's number 86 in the consensus to give it some perspective. Um, I've seen Emilio a couple of times now. I think he's a real deal. Trey McLeod, another Emotep uh, player. He was at, or excuse me, Emilio's not from Emotep. He's from St. Joseph's Prep. I'm not sure if I said Emotep. Uh, then McLeod, then a good running back from Emotep. He's actually visiting Old Miss today. He was at number 208. Uh, Samaj Jones is uh, St. Joseph's Prep's uh, quarterback. He's at number 216. Uh, Peter Jones then is a really good uh, interior offensive lineman from Alvern Prep at number 228. And there was Rico Scott at number 230. He's the wide receiver from McDevitt we've talked about a little bit. He was actually just on campus this past Friday. Kenny Woosley is a, is a cornerback out of Emetep Charter. He was number 250 overall. And then Andrew Irby Jr. from, from Steel High uh, was number 271. Um, Penn State hasn't offered two of those 12 guys, and that's Irby and, and Samaj Jones. We know that they have some, some top quarterback prospects across the nation at they're targeting so i would expect the jones offer to probably uh maybe they want him to camp or something like that we'll see i do think irby has a real chance to getting an offer uh we have him at 6'4, 295 of course his brother alex irby is a pretty good quarterback prospect himself i believe nebraska has already offered alex so be curious to see how that plays out the the biggest takeaway though 
for me was the fact that Anthony Specker was not on this list. And that really surprised me because I've talked to Charles yeah. about him in the past. It's not just Charles's ratings. There, there's a bunch of people who get into that. Um, we're not, you know, to clarify, we're not really involved. I mean, I give my opinion on it, but at the end of the day, it's not like I have a, a say really in where they end up. Uh, but Anthony Speckett, to me, the linebacker out of Pittsburgh Central Catholic, I, I thought he was definitely a top 150 kind of guy. So I was really surprised to not see him in there. And then David Washington as well, the, the wide receiver out of St. Joseph's Prep. He's another guy who I thought was probably around top 200 or so. He he also was missing from the list. So uh, I think that'll get corrected with time. And these these sophomore lists, I, I'm still kind of surprised that everybody in our industry is is doing these when they are. I just kind of think it's a little too early, just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it's kind of a – if one person does it, uh, then everybody else looks bad, right, If you if you don't do it. So it's – I think that's just kind of the landscape we're in now. But to me, man, these ratings are going to get shuffled around so much. And if Anthony right. Specka and David Washington are not in them at the end, I would be really shocked because uh, I've seen both of them now, and I, I think they're great players. I know, I am confident in saying that Penn State has those two very high on their board for 2024. One thing, uh, just go back to the 2023 class quick. Thanks for T. Frank, who's pushing all the buttons and making us look and sound good today for bringing this up. We should have had this on the rundown, but Brandon Innes, four-star receiver out of Florida, uh, is going to visit Penn State in April. Uh, just another sign of Penn State being willing to go anywhere and everywhere to find talent. Obviously, Florida is a place it has really stepped its offer game up and its prospect pursuit up since Jaywan Sider uh, came to Penn State back in 2017, I believe it was. Man, it's, it's hard to believe mm-hmm. it seems like it's that long ago, but you know, this is another guy Penn State has a shot at, and he's going to visit Alabama and some other places in April and get out and kind of see the country. So uh, I know we didn't have that in the rundown. Any just quick thoughts either on him as a prospect, Penn State's chances, or just a general idea of getting a Florida player up here in April uh, before the spring game? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the only one. Uh, I'm talking to Damon Fagan today, his teammate. He's also at American Heritage, and I think he's coming too. So we've seen this before with these American Heritage guys. Of course, uh, yep. Fagan, Damari Brown, and Mark Fletcher came for the Michigan game. Uh, I think Brand is just the first one who put it out there that he's coming. Uh, and Fagan and I have been talking a little bit uh, behind the scenes the last couple of days because I'm trying to build these cornerback uh, hot boards. And uh, he, he mentioned to me the other day that he's, he's looking at uh, – probably coming up for that week too i just was trying to i was trying to get david on the phone uh before i write it up and then brandon uh tweeted out today so that would be huge to get that american heritage group back man i mean mark fletcher is uh another guy who's who's you know i know j1 center has an awesome relationship with that's the one thing people continuously keep hitting on so they get him back again for another visit add in brandon innes who you know we have him at number what 28 i believe it is in the on three consensus he's a four star player and he's a top 100 guy in the in the on three 300 as well so uh well man he would be a hell of a player if Pensey was able to pull him but uh every school in the nation's after him he's going to, by the way he's also going to ohio state i believe it is the week before and then the yep. week after i believe he put it out there that he's going to go to alabama so uh, he's taken dude, and it's just taken 20 like four visits so far like that is crazy considering uh there were a no lot of visits. travel yeah, it is. I mean, of course, I mean, you can't take that many visits if you didn't go when you were a freshman, I assume. So I assume he took a, you know, been to Florida and a bunch of those schools, uh, like Miami, a uh, bunch of times when he was young. But man, that's a, that's a hell of a lot of visits. So it's great that Penn State is going to get in up here. Uh, I mean, you know, we, you can always impress it. It takes one visit to impress. But just when I look at his visits and all, all everywhere he's been, uh, it's not going to be an easy pool to get in. It's not going to be easy pool to get any of these American Heritage guys, but Hey, man, it's a great sign that they're coming up. 
No question about it. We have reached the end of this edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. For Ryan Snyder, I'm Greg Pickle. Check us out, bluewhiteillustrated.com, $1 for one year of access. You can also find all of our video breakdowns, T-Franks Daily and Film Room, and much more at bluewhiteillustrated.com, youtube.com slash bluewhiteillustrated, and wherever you find your audio. So for Ryan Snyder, I'm Greg Pickle. We'll see you next week on the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.